With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lenders. Woo! Tax season is here, which means you've received or are expecting that tax refund any day now. And you're thinking about what to spend it on. How about a new home? With SaveWithConrad.com, we're helping renters become homeowners every single day. And it's more affordable than you think. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need a huge down payment. In fact, you may not need a down payment at all. At SaveWithConrad.com, we take the stress out of the home buying process. We'll determine your buying power. We'll even help you find a realtor. And unlike the banks, we don't say no. We say not yet, but here's how. So if you're not ready right now, we'll get you on a plan to be ready. Stop throwing your money away, paying someone else's mortgage with your rent and start the path towards owning your own home today at SaveWithConrad.com. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Ric Flair, 16 times your world champion, the host of the Ric Flair Show, along with my legendary, and I do mean legendary, co-host, Conrad, by God, Thompson, (laughs) the second wealthiest man in the state of Alabama, home owner of the Conradison Estate, a top of mountaintop in Huntsville, Alabama. Largest home in the state of Alabama. <laughs> right there with the Biltmore Mansion in Asheville. Need I say more? Conrad, how are you, sir? I'm good, dude. How are you? Good, buddy. The hammer. How you doing, kid? Good. I'm sitting out here on the patio on the beach. North Reddington Beach is beautiful this morning. Oh, awesome, awesome. Well... You know, it's funny that we see each other so rarely, but when we do, we always end up laughing. And so many great memories, many great stories. Um, you know, for a lot of the fans out there, that I, most of them I think know this, a lot of them might not. But I first um, uh, traveled and worked with Greg's father, Johnny Valentine. Um, and John was in the plane crash with me in 1975. It ultimately left him paralyzed from the waist down. So um, when that happened, um, George Scott put the call into Greg, and Greg, you can bring us, bring us, bring us up to up to up to par on a lot, or bring us up to speed and all that. But at the time, Greg was traveling around with Don Fargo. <laughs> You'll have to tell. Yeah, that was a good. That was a good education. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll have to tell a couple of Don Fargo stories. <laughs> yeah, they were very, very craziness. I mean, uh, you were tame compared to him, but <laughs> you weren't that tame. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I mean, uh, the Don Fargo, nice. <laughs> you didn't have your, you didn't have your, uh, your dick pierced. 
<laughs> and then he ran a chain up to your uh, ear that was pierced and walked around a bunch of girls. That's what Fargo did. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And he said, he'd, see, he'd see a woman at a party or something, and he'd say, let me see your earring. She'd take it off, and he'd whip the thing out and put it in his weenie. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I I've been I have been guilty of a lot of things, but that's not one of them. Jesus! Or he used, no, to, he used to walk around. He used to walk around the dressing room naked, and he'd ask everybody where his tooth. Have you seen his toothbrush? And he had this toothbrush stuck up his ass, or in the crack of his ass. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, and my dad goes. My dad was in the territory a couple times in Cleveland, Buffalo, and he goes, "I don't know if I like you running around, around with him." <laughs> <I'm sure. laughs> and your dad could be your dad could be pretty rough in the ribbon department too. Good lord! Yeah, um, he should talk, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. God, thank God I was his friend. He never did anything to me, but oh my God, Johnny Valentine was a phenomenal, great worker. And they say he's probably one of the smartest guys didn't ever. He, uh, didn't he, uh, one time when you had to pee really bad, drive off and leave you somewhere? Yeah. He did, he did that a bunch of times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Hopefully and we, was were, we were eating jalapenos somewhere. from Church's Fried Chicken, and they came in this in this cart that had the, 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 the jalapeno juice in it, and he poured yeah. it in my lap. You know, you know how hot that was, right? I mean. Oh, my God. Yeah, he was, he was too much. The worst, though, was the worst, but the funniest was uh, Nelson Royal, who was a you met, you met Nelson many times, um, sure. a, a, a local star in the Mid Atlantic area, but a really good performer, good wrestler. And we were at the Raleigh TV, which Greg remembers well, and they had these metal racks above the above the wind above the lights and the mirrors in the dressing room. And Nelson Royal would take his cowboy hat and put it upside down on the rack. So well, <laughs> while Nelson was downstairs, John, uh, you know, did his business. In, he, put, he lined it with newspaper, thank God. But he did. Right. He took a dump in Nelson's hat and oh. put it back up. So they called <laughs> Nelson for interviews. <laughs> he went upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> he took his head to put it on, and there was, oh no, oh, oh yeah, a pile of crap. Man, he came flying downstairs. It was a pull apart to get to get him off your dad. He was trying to kill your dad. Oh, he was just <laughs> he was just covered in crap. It was terrible. Oh, oh, it was I mean, that's just one of many. I mean, God, uh, he was. We drive on the road. This is how rough the business was and how, how bad it was. And he would do the same thing in a red man tobacco pouch, right? And he would carry yeah. it in the back of the car. And while he was giving red man, he'd be like fanning the, the, the odor from the, from the tobacco pouch to the three people in the car. It was unbearable. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think. I don't think it was called Red Man. I think it was called Elephant Butts. Yeah, whatever it was. Some strange brand that yeah. he had. And he used to, he used to mix uh, cow shit with it. And, <laughs> yeah. and he kept giving it to Buddy, you know, Buddy Roberts loved him and they called him Dale Valentine for a while. 
Yeah. And he would mix he mixed the uh the the uh, cow cow turds with the tobacco. So buddy he was chewing tobacco because he idolized my father. He wanted to be just like him. He was chewing that tobacco for about three months. Yeah. And his breath was just terrible. <laughs> so, we're talking about the buddy Robert that just got put in the Hall of Fame with the Freebirds. Oh, God. Yeah, Poor guy. He passed away. But that that's what he did. I, I used to share a room, and Buddy would be sleeping, and my dad would take his cane because he had canes after, you know, of course, after a plane crash, and he'd whack him right across the knees in the middle of the night. Uh, I'm sure. Tortured him. Yeah. No, Buddy was funny. Uh, but at the end of the day, Buddy Buddy could perform in the ring. And, oh, yeah. Uh, he was great. He, yeah, he was great. Yeah, and, uh, you know, he was that group with uh, Michael, of course, being the star, and uh, Terry Gordy being one of the really good workers in our business at time, and Buddy, were they were a great team. So I'm, yeah, I went Terry to Hall of Fame this year. I saw, I saw Buddy's uh, son, who was really a nice guy, and uh, it was really, really a cool occasion. Conrad was there. It was a really nice induction. Yeah, that's good. And very well deserved, and uh, I'm enjoying just being a fly on the wall for you guys. But, Mr. Valentine, your history goes back to uh, with – with Rick to the Mid-Atlantic days, isn't that right? Yeah, actually, me and Rick, we meet, well, I guess we had a, we met in 75, and I didn't know that was the same Rick Flair I had to wrestling, and he had a bald head, and he was 300 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when we first, when they first put us together, it was a whole different Rick, you know, skinny, not skinny, but not fat, long hair, and he had his gimmick together, the nature boy, and, and we're riding along. We've been together for a while, and he goes, you don't remember the first I said, this real, I, I said something about it's really nice to meet you, Rick, and being with you. He said, well, I met you a long time ago. You don't remember. So he told me the story. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was the fat boy. No, I'll tell you what, yeah. Greg, what Greg Ray did. Ray Stevens it. brought you down there to San Antonio or something. So. Exactly. Yes, that's right. Actually, it was for Joe Blanchard, right? Yeah, it was Joe Blanchard, and it wasn't, uh, you know, it was like 73, I think, 1973. Yeah, 73, I had just started. I was I was with Dusty and uh, Murdoch and Joe and Ray Stevens, yeah. I've got that picture uh, tied to Dusty's house in Austin. But, um, yeah, that's the trip. That's the first time we met. Um, but anyway, you know, uh, a lot of people don't realize this, but I did – and I think it worked for us. I think Greg was happy with the time, but <laughs> I found a place called Franco's that Greg and I invested a lot of money in, in Richmond, Virginia, for clothes. Man, we lived our gimmick. It was the beginning. Yeah. It was the beginning of the gimmick. Yeah, and you still wear the suits, and I, I don't anymore. I got a couple of them, but you know, I tried to go with that for a while, and <laughs> finally I said, I can't wear these suits anymore. When I went to New York by myself, but I would wear them to, you know, the garden and stuff like that. So, yeah, we, we had shirt ties. I mean, we looked, and my dad did that for years, too. He yeah, always, sure. yeah. Well, had, all the I mean, old time guys did, remember? They'd come to the yeah, you didn't, do, you didn't do it. In the, yeah, you didn't do it in the Carolinas, but you were in a big city. Yeah. I just saw Rick last week in Buffalo, and he had, did you have a shirt and a, a tie, too, and a, 
I didn't have a tie enough, but I, I always try to wear a, a sport coat. Yeah. Yeah. It looks good. You know, it's a living the gimmick. You look like a champion. Uh, it's it's very good, and I'm doing more more of that. You know. Yeah, well, you know, the fans, the, the fans, I think, I, I feel like they want to see see you um, and remember you um, from, you know, when they when they watched you, no matter what decade it was. I mean, so I feel I feel like it's important to do give them at least a little bit. Uh, they're paying that kind of money for your autograph and picture to give them a little bit of, of what they uh, grew up on. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah I, I, yeah, I try to dress nice all the time. But, but, short, you know, short of wearing, wearing, short of wearing one of your robes in there, that would really be hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. <laughs> well, no, I, uh, the robe, you know, the robe deal. I saw Rick doing it. I had a plain old black robe, and then I kept upgrading mine. But that that was we were the only guys that we were. The, Rick actually was the first one, and I was number two. Yeah. To wear them flamboyant rhinestones that we got from Johnny Walker's wife, Olivia's past yep. time. God bless her. But, I mean, it, these these were fantastic robes. Yep. Well, and then like, or, or, Orndorff uh, jumped on after that. Remember, Paul jumped on. Yeah, a lot of guys got jackets and stuff, but yeah. they they weren't yeah. they weren't like what we had. No, 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 no especially no. you, especially you, and, and then. I actually ended up buying one of your robes that you never bought. She sent it down to me. It was so damn heavy, I hardly ever wore it. You had all kinds of jewels stuck on that. Yeah, thing. she loaded them down. People don't realize Conrad. <laughs> Conrad has several robes um, in his home, and uh, it's amazing to think that you carried those. We carried those around. You couldn't check them because all the uh, people stole them in baggage claim. You know what I mean? So. I remember uh, one time you 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 exploded, you exploded at the at the baggage because someone had you ripped your whole robe apart. Remember that? Yeah, yes. And it came down a carousel. Yeah. <laughs> God, that was awful. Yeah, I know. We should have got him insured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Well, remember I got all my jewelry stolen in Greensboro that time, right? So I, right. I, I wasn't even eligible. That I had to, I had to get what's called an entertainer, an entertainer's rider on my on my insurance. It was like five thousand dollars a year, which was unheard of to insure jewelry because, like like myself, Greg, and several of the guys that weren't a lot of jewelry back then too that we invested a lot of money in. But yeah, we uh, had Rolexes and shit. Yeah. Know. Well, the, listen. The greatest story, what made me laugh the hardest, and I got to tell this, and that Greg can tell his side of it, but Greg and I traveled together extensively, especially when we were tag team partners. I think I would say we traveled together every day for at least three years, maybe four. Um, and uh, so we, the, the gig was that Raleigh TV was Wednesday morning. If you weren't there Tuesday night, you were in Columbia the night before. And sometimes we'd make a drive in, in, a, in the Raleigh that night to, to catch the end of the party. But if we didn't, Greg and I, were we were never on time. So we lived just a couple blocks apart, but we left late for Raleigh one day. And Greg's driving about 90 miles an hour up Highway 49 in his cop. It was two cops named Newton and Atwater. On our, <laughs> he, yeah, Newton and Atwater. He, he pulled Greg over. 
<laughs> and said, you're going to jail this time, Valentine. So he, he took us back to jail. <laughs> he put Greg in jail. And Greg, Greg, Greg gave me these car keys. And he said, he said, he you going to bail me out? I said, no, I'm going to TV. Let your wife bail you out. I'm not going to get fired. In my car. <laughs> yeah. I said, what the hell? He took off of my car and went and made Raleigh TV. I'm in jail. <laughs> luckily, luckily, I had another car, so I called <laughs> Julia to come and pick me up. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was priceless. He got the TV. <laughs> it, was, it was this old jail, and I mean, they like put him in jail, you know. Like, these guys were. One night, Conrad, they wrote 13 tickets. Remember that, Greg? Oh, my gosh. Yep, that got yeah. to the wrestlers. And they got Wahoo, Paul Jones, Rufus, me, Greg, uh, Jardine. They got, they got George Scott. I mean, everybody coming back from Raleigh one night. Yeah, because they all took that shitty little 49 highway. Cause that's yeah. all they had because the freeway took you longer. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, I remember one time that I went up to Rick's room. Oh no, what was it? Rick threw his mattress out of his room at the Hilton Hotel. Do you remember that, Rick? (laughs) 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 But he only threw the mattress, so. (laughs) That time. You know, you listen to that Joe Joe Walsh song about tearing up hotels and stuff like that. Well, we did that, you know. Well, we just had fun. You know, it, it was... Yeah, fun. we had... Yeah, we had fun. And that, uh, you know, it wasn't anything... It was never any violence or anything, but we did have a lot of fun. We enjoyed... I think we made the most through the notoriety and God, back then, if you were a wrestler for Jim Crockett Promotions, you were a huge personality in the Southeast. Would you not agree with that, Greg? Yeah, and they had this great uh, club in this Hilton Hotel in Raleigh, and they had the Buckinghams and people like that that had a name. Beach, they, beach they, music the used to club. come over there. The Embers, the Embers, Embers? Yeah, yeah. And, and it was fantastic, and all the people would come and hang out with us, too. And, uh, yeah, it was it was big time. I mean, Raleigh, North Carolina is not a big town, but there's universities all over the place. and yeah. So it is a big town. In a yeah. way, a lot of kids and stuff, and they they loved they loved the wrestling, and wrestling back in the Mid Atlantic days was the only pro sport besides car ra- car racing, and uh, well, that was it. There was car racing, there was religion, and then there was uh, basketball with Michael Jordan. That was it, and then there was us, you know. Yeah, that was it. I mean, really, I think I, I think at that point in time, it was as much us as it was. Uh, ACC basketball. I mean, we were we were huge. Um, the uh, the Embers, the Hilton <laughs> was the best gig in the world. Um, that's where one night, you know, I was there, Greg and I and everybody were drinking, right? And this guy walked up to me and says, "This place is a lot of fun." I said, "Hell yeah, it's a lot of fun." He said, "Any women here that like to do anything?" I said, "Pick one out. I'll make it happen for you, buddy." What, what do you got? Oh, okay, okay, I know where you're going. Uh, yeah. It, it, so- hey, it was a private eye my wife hired to follow me. <laughs> no, but next, 
Do you remember? Do you remember the time you dressed up like a woman? Of course. And I you did. came down to the bar. Yeah. And you sat right next to me, and I I didn't know who you were. I didn't know it was Rick. Yeah, I put my I hand said, on this girl's good, this girl's this girl's good looking, but her nose is kind of big. <laughs> <laughs> no, we tried to fake out Ray Stevens. Remember? Oh God! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ray Stevens tried to hustle you. Yeah, I was I was dancing with Greg out on the floor. And didn't know it was me. <laughs> that's that's some serious marijuana, man. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, well, I, that that poor Joyce. I, I give I gotta give Joyce a shout out. She was a manager at Hilton Hotel. God, they went through a lot of crap with us. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, the good old days. I gotta I'll never forget that I gotta, because uh, that <laughs> when I got served those papers, they served Mulligan, Wahoo, you. And all the others that that uh, sheriff served them all the same morning to be in court to testify. <laughs> if I and Mulligan called me and said, "Listen, I like you, but I'm gonna beat the shit out of you. I ain't going down to that courtroom and talking about my life in Raleigh, North Carolina, just because you bought the private ice some drinks and <laughs> tried to get them laid." I go, "Okay, my, Jack, don't worry. I'll fess up. I'll take the heat." Everybody, my phone blew up. George Scott, Greg, everybody called me because they, they all got served to go to court to testify about what went down in Raleigh, unless I, unless I just admitted to it all. So, of course, I took, I went to the gas chamber for a couple of days, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't want Mulligan punching me out. <laughs> so, hey, Rick, do you remember this one? We, uh, for some reason, we were all going to Corpus Christi to wrestle, mm -hmm. and uh, we had to go through Houston first. And Mulligan was on the flight; I was on the flight. You were on the flight. I don't, I don't remember who else it was, but all of a sudden, I'm, I'm half asleep, and I wake up, and the, and the captain goes, "Serving drinks along with our stewardess is Nature Boy Ric Flair." And he was pushing the cart down and giving drinks out, and he had his robe on. Do you remember that, Rick? Of course I remember. That was Eastern Airlines. <laughs> yeah, they, they had a sense of humor. <laughs> he, he went all the way he went through the whole deal, and uh, I don't think Rick had anything on underneath the robe. <laughs> no, of course he did. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Hey, I'm taking flying lessons now where I can wear the robe because I'm going to be the captain of my own plane. <laughs> oh, wow. God. <laughs> Are you going to fly with me? <laughs> yeah, we, we did a lot of flights with Freddie where we'd hire a private plane, take us to these long shots. And, uh, you know, Rick talked about the plane crash and everything, but he's still, he's still got in those little planes. But we trusted Freddie. Yeah, I remember one time we, Freddy, we, got, we got him divorced. <laughs> yeah, he was divorced in six months. He actually became me and Greg's private pilot because uh, we yeah, one, he was so a, private. Yeah, he, he had, had a, a little plane, a little a single engine plane. Cessna. And remember, he couldn't he couldn't uh, get it started. One time, we we're trying to go back home to Charlotte. He gets yeah. out there, and Rick pushes the starter button. He gets out there and take and hand cranks the propeller to get it going. And then we get in the plane and fly home. Now tell me that ain't. 
<laughs> That's like World War Two. He getting out there and, and yeah. cra- or World War One cranking your own. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, you think we're ahead of our time, Conrad? <laughs> uh, yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, I'm telling you, you're trying to bring Greg into the Conradison for a party, man. <laughs> hey, so you guys have mentioned him a couple of times. I want to know some uh, some more Ray Stevens stories. I know that's a guy that was a big influence on Rick. And, uh, Mr. Valentine, I know you're familiar with Ray and probably have some good stories. What can you share with us about Ray Stevens? Well, he was, he was tremendous. And uh, they tagged me up with him. Rick was on the other side. And so we were the heels and put their tag team belts on us and but Ray would just laugh and tell stories and, and he was just a happy go lucky guy. So he always had this uh pit bull named Willie Nelson and he'd bring him on the trips with us and he had this big Lincoln that had this big dashboard that stuck out. So one time I didn't ride with him. I rode by myself with the wife and I, I brought out my Alaskan Malmute uh bandit and he's walking around in front of the Ray Stevens car and the pit bull went nuts and he chewed up Ray Stevens dashboard. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. I know was when Ray came out and looked at his dashboard. It had big hunks and stuff ripped. That pit bull was so strong. He just ripped that dashboard apart on that Lincoln Continental. Oh my God. Until Ray, hey guys, uh, yeah. make no mistake. We've talked about Harley Race being crazy and and fun and driving a car 100 miles an hour. Everything Ray had had to be the fastest. He had a, back in the 70s. He had a Polaris snowmobile that would go 120 miles an hour. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it, he had to have the fastest car, the fastest boat, the most guns. <laughs> am, I, am I saying that right, Greg? I mean, he, yeah. every every car, everywhere he traveled, he carried about three guns on him. It was it was a di- different time. I mean, he didn't, obviously didn't wear them out in public and that, but Ray would say, "I'm ready for any kind of action." <laughs> so, <laughs> oh I, man, you know, I, he, I was he really went to the sixth grade. Well, really? Yeah, uh, he started God. wrestling in L.A. for or for the Labelle. Yeah, when he was, right. when he was no, 15 uh, years old. Roy Shire. No, Roy Shire was well, there, old. LaBelle was was L.A. Michael Bell was L.A. Okay, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah oh, he I, was a great I, guy. I mean, I, I when I first saw Ray, I thought to myself, and to this day, I think he's the greatest performer I've ever seen. And and he, 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 he just owned the locker room. He was so charismatic. I mean, he just, you know... One of these guys never worked out, smoked and drank like crazy. But, man, when he got in the ring, he was just uh, – I never knew anybody like him, Greg. I, I, that's my personal opinion. Well, and his work was so good. He's the one who really taught me how to roll with a bump where you take the bump. Instead of just hurting your back, you just roll with it, and, and you come right back up, and you're right back up standing. And when I did saw you, when, did, our, when, did you, when did you start taking bumps? <laughs> Well, the occasional ones, the occasional ones, you know, but I, I cut them off. When I went single, I cut them off. <laughs> I, I tried to do that one that Rick does all the time in the corner. I almost broke my neck, so I ain't doing that one again. <clears throat> but a sad thing with Ray was I was with him when he 
he uh, he dived out. He just dived out of the ring and he tore his groin. Yeah. Oh my God! It took. Remember that? It took. Yeah. Uh, I think that finished his career. He couldn't. He, it was such a bad tear. Yeah. It was terrible. The only one I've seen that bad, and I, I don't. You, I think you were in the WWF uh, at that time. Um, was when the. Uh, um, Ron Simmons tore his back in the nineties. Right when Ron was out yeah. for a year with you know more, you know how big and strong Ron is in those Oh my god. I must yeah. yeah, he told his groin and Ron literally couldn't do anything. I think it was almost a year. And that's you know, for a groin tear, that's how bad it was. I mean, they're they're very I've never had one knock on wood, but I hear they're extremely painful. So I had I had one uh but it wasn't bad. You know, it healed up in about a couple months, but that's why it was really, I couldn't believe, you know, how bad Ray tore his. And, uh, oh, my God, you know. So you never had one, but you had a broken back, and you had a gallbladder operation. I remember yeah. that. And he came right back. He had a gallbladder operation. I thought, well, he won't, he'll be gone for a week. The next day he was in the ring. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Well>, two days. <laughs> They didn't give you a choice back then. People don't understand it. I mean, I remember when David was born, I was in Minneapolis. I flew home, and I said to uh, call George Scott, and I said, George, I just need to stay one day. He said, if you're not in Raleigh by 5 o'clock tomorrow, uh, you'll start. You'll you'll be starting in, in, in Memphis for uh, um, Jerry Jarrett. <laughs> it was the truth. <laughs> Yeah, it's the way they talk to us, right, Greg? Man, we, yeah. you, you didn't admit, we had double shots, man. They want to know why we had to have some fun. My God, we drove, we drove 3,000 miles a week and we were talking about Raleigh, but we went from Raleigh to Norfolk, which, which was equally as much fun. From Norfolk to Richmond, which was just as much fun, if not more fun than either Raleigh or Norfolk. And then we would go home 300 miles and we'd go to Greensboro that night. It's only 90 miles, and we'd tell our wives that we had to stay overnight for a meeting. <laughs> we wouldn't even go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we had a meeting, all right. Rick was up there. Dan we had a bar up there on the top of the penthouse, and Rick was up there dancing on top of the bar. I remember that. Yeah, thank you. Oh, my God. You know, you know um, at one time, one time, me, it was Rick, myself, George Scott, the booker, and Jimmy Crockett, the promoter, and we're going to go fly to Dallas and go duck hunting with Bob Geigel. And we end up, we go on to Dallas and we go to the hotel and started drinking, and all of a sudden we decided we're going to go to Vegas. <laughs> and we got on an airplane. They had late flights back then at 1 a.m. or midnight to Las Vegas, and we took off first-class tickets right to Vegas. And we stayed there for three days, and Jimmy Crockett never slept for three days. He just walked <laughs> around and kept gambling. Remember that? Of course. And I won't tell, I won't tell all the stuff that went on there, but oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was just the 70s. That wasn't even the 80s yet. <laughs> yeah, that was the late 70s. Yeah, that was the way. I mean, we started our deal in 76, you know, and we, uh, and we were off and on partners until – Probably 84 because in, in 82 I came back, or 83, I, I, I get mixed up on the dates, and you asked me to be your partner. I was a heel, and you were the big baby face then. And 
so we we went against Oli and and uh, I believe it was uh, the Sheik and Gene was managing. Yeah, and uh, and I I wouldn't tag Rick in. Rick's bleeding all over the place, and I kept giving him a short end. I wouldn't tag him, and it was a setup. So I came in, and and Gene pitched me this this uh, cane, and he says, "Break it over his nose." And I go, I'm looking at this thing. I said, God, I don't know how I'm going to break this over. No, this sucker is like a baseball bat. But no, it never broke, Rick. Your nose broke. My nose broke, though. (laughs) Jesus Christ. But yeah, so I hit him. I hit him, and all this crimson's on his. I hit him over the forehead, and it would just slide down and hit the bridge of his nose. So I tried it again. (laughs) And and it it didn't do again. And then Gene Anderson kept yelling. Break the cane! So I grabbed it again, and I came down, and this time it hit Rick right on while he started moving, of course. He yelled at me, you stop it, bitch, don't try to do that again, and he's trying to get away, and, and uh, that, you know, uh, you're being held down by the sheik and holy, and so I hit your nose, and I slid right down and busted you in the mouth. I saw blood gushing out of your mouth. I go, oh, my God, what have I done? And I, yeah, just, just another day at work, Conrad. A <laughs> <laughs> little, little different so, than what you're watching on TV today. So, Greg. Yeah, so it was um, all realistic, and they came and had an ambulance and took you off to the hotel. Yeah. Man, it's finally getting warmer, and uh, that means we're all going to want to spend a little more time outside. Now, here's the question. Do you want to spend time enjoying your yard or working in your yard? I know what's more fun for me. Man, I want to enjoy it. I don't want to have to be toiling away. And if I'm honest, I get a little overwhelmed with taking care of my lawn. I'm not going to say I have a brown thumb, but I am going to say I've been calling in the experts and I've been spending more than $1,500 a year. I didn't realize how easy and affordable it could be with Sunday. Sunday is everything you need to get the lawn you've always dreamed of. So this spring, go to GetSunday.com slash Ric Flair. Enter your address, and you'll get a customized plan created just for your lawn. No trips to the store or hauling heavy bags since they they ship straight to your home. Easy for me to say. All you need as far as fancy equipment, a water hose. That's all you got to have to go ahead and handle Sunday across your whole yard. By the way, you can fertilize your entire lawn in less time than it takes you to watch one of your favorite TV shows. And by the way, Sunday only uses ingredients we can feel good about. It's safe for your pets. It's safe for your kids. There's no harsh chemicals. There's no long waiting periods. Simply apply and let it dry. You're done. That's it. You're back to enjoying your yard thanks to Sunday. I should mention Sunday is not only easier than what you've been doing. It's also more affordable. I mentioned a few moments ago that I was spending over $1,500 a year on lawn care. Not anymore. Full season plans from Sunday start at just 109 and right now Sunday's offering our listeners 20% off. Full season plans start at just 109 and you can get an additional 20% off when you visit GetSunday.com slash Ric Flair. That's 20% off your custom plan at GetSunday.com slash Ric Flair. Seriously, go see for yourself. They have an aerial photo of your house. It's crazy. They know exactly what to do. Go look for yourself. GetSunday.com slash Ric Flair. Enter your address. Take a look. You're going to love Sunday. Well, you know what? What I tell a lot of people is my favorite story about Greg and I and our matches is we had this long-running feud with Orndorff and Snooker. 
and Greg and I were the heels, right? We were really hot at that time. And the rib was because at that time, Snooker weighed about 270, and Orn Orndorff's finish was the jumping pile driver, which was perfectly safe. But that, Jimmy coming off the top rope with that splash was brutal. So I got the two-headed coin, and Greg and I would flip the coin to see who was going to take the splash from Snooker. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was horrible. That was oh, a couple times. A couple times he missed you, and his head would hit your head. You know. I know. God, are you kidding? <laughs> well, he, when he started the business, he weighed two twenty, but he got really heavy in Charlotte before he went to New York, and that damn splash up a top rope would kill you. Me with my broken back, it, it didn't didn't hurt me, but that's I, to this day, even if I like when I had that ladder match with Edge, if I land flat on a, or something lands on me hard and I'm on a hard surface, I can still feel it stuff, but that I'll tell you, I tell you that reminds me of a story that me and uh, me and you were uh wrestling uh Wahoo and Andre the Giant. And they used to bring in no, yes. So he would we would come in and Rick would take a slam and I would take a slam and we all take slams. Rick could take a slam more than I could but my back would start hurting. So so that one time he gave me the giant swing and we're in Dorton Arena in Raleigh and they don't have any padding around the ring. And somehow I slipped out of Andre's hands and I went over the top rope. <laughs> Luckily I landed flat on my back, but I was completely knocked out. All I remember is I'm waking up and there's flare over the top of me, you know, like giving me air and slapping my face trying to wake me up and he's laughing at ass off. He says, are you still alive? And, I, and, he, and he grabs me and he stands me up, but I can't walk. I can't move. You remember that, Rick? Of course I do. People don't understand, <laughs> but I can guarantee you, you were, you were in the ring the next day. There was no days off. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 someone, Virgil came down and helped me <laughs> and walked me back to the yeah. Dressing room, and you know, I'm 27, 28 years old. I'm healed up the next day, but I'm still hurting, you know. Yeah. Oh, I know. If that would happen right now, you know, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, Greg, I think, and I think Conrad will probably ask this question if I don't. Um, so, one of the greatest matches I think that people remember in your career, and one of the greatest matches of that kind ever, uh, tell uh, Conrad and all our listeners about the, uh, Dog collar match, yes. and Piper. That was a fantastic match, man. You talk about brutality. Do you remember? Yeah, Star and, uh, absolutely. And people, people talk to me all the time about it. And I know Vince plays it on twenty four seven. It's all on kind of DVDs to everybody. And so, you know, I, I watch the match every once in a while just to refresh my brain on how good it was. But it was so. It was so unbelievable, unbelievably good. And me and Roddy might, might, might have talked about it for three minutes. I didn't know what the hell we were doing out there. All I knew is that, you know, work the collar thing. And, but it ended up just, uh, there's no way you can, you know, pull a punch with a heavy truck car chain like that. I mean, if you throw it in the air, gravity kicks in and you, you're, you're throwing potatoes back and forth and, uh, Back then, Piper's ear was mutilated because I used to beat on him 
uh, in the air with the, the U.S. belt and then the dog collar thing. Uh, it just, it turned out, you know, it was like, you know, it, it stood the test of time. It was a phenomenal match. I'm proud to be part of it. But, you know, I think that was the first hardcore match ever. I never did another one of those, but, uh, <clears throat> you don't see hardcore guys even attempting to do that match because you can't duplicate it, you know. It, it was, it was that good. Thank you, Rick. It was that good. Yeah. No, what, it, it was that good. And I was thinking to myself, I gotta go on after this damn thing. <laughs> Christ, I'm looking at the curtain going, good luck with that one. Well, you won the world title that night too, so. Yeah. You know, that was, that was a it great was, match. And you, and you and Harley were always great, but I imagine it was a little hard to follow something like that, but, uh, you did it. And well, we, plus when we you won the championship, they weren't crazy. Yeah, that's right. But you won the belt that night, right? Yes, yes. World championship. Time. Was that the first time? Second time. Second first time, time was 81 in Kansas City. The second time was Harley in that. Remember the theme was the flare for the gold or something like that? Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah. So we had well, it all together, and, and we had a tag team that was Steamboat and Youngblood against uh, whoever uh, was the Canoodle, tag team champion. Canoodle and Slaughter. Yeah. So it was just a great card from top to bottom. And all the matches back then were, were just superb. And I remember one time being Rick, Wilmington, North Carolina did not have a building, but they had a uh, big football stadium. And we flew in in a helicopter. Remember that? Yeah, of course <laughs> I do. They almost, they almost killed us getting out of there. <laughs> the we come in with a helicopter and land right. <laughs> and it was Rick's idea, and I'm scared to death of this helicopter. It was a, a whirly bird, one of those where it was just a round thing, and you could see your feet, and you could see the ground, you know. It wasn't enclosed <laughs> like other helicopters. Oh, God. How did you get this into it? Yeah. Who paid well, for that? I, Crockett? I paid for it. No, I paid you, for it. Oh, my God. But, but it wasn't that much money back then, but it was the idea of 10,000 people in, in that stadium, and that's the pound that um, your father and I crashed in Wilmington, right? So the, I already had the history of the town, but we were that hot, Greg and I were that hot, and, man, we were both covered in blood and well, we ended up, you know, uh, winning the match, you know, illegally, of course. And the fans, so wild back then, Greg and I were literally running as fast as we could to get in the helicopter because we didn't, the security wasn't, wasn't getting what was going on. So Greg and I dove in the helicopter and literally, like you see in the movies, the marks were trying to jump up on the, on those things that, that you'd step on before you go into the actual helicopter. As we were taking off, it was hilarious. That was unreal. We, we used to have, we used to have a lot of heat. We all had uh, Cadillacs, <clears throat> and uh, Rick would say on the interviews, "We're going to become screaming down the road in our Cadillac." <laughs> I'm the diamond ring Cadillac man, and, and then Wahoo would get pissed off. He says, "Damn, Rick!" He says, "Now they know what we're driving." But you know what they would do? They would just throw rocks and bricks at our Cadillacs and bottles and so me and Rick would draw straws to see whose car we would take. <laughs> we knew it was gonna get we knew yeah. it was gonna get beat up. 
you know? God. But just funny because it's so funny that they were talking about stuff, and I hope that everybody's enjoying this. But it, it was the business was just so different, and I don't think I've had a guest on. Uh, we've had a guest on Conrad that that wrestled in the seventies with me until today. But the seventies was a wild time in life for everybody, and we just had a lot. We were in the right place at the right time. Had a lot of fun. We made a lot of money for that time. Uh, for that for that time. In life, um, yeah, I couldn't believe it. And you, and you know, Rick, uh, everybody talks about the '80s, you know, because WrestleMania won '80s. But it was really us from '75, '76, right up till '84 or something. That that Mid Atlantic area was hotter than than anything, and we were drawing more money than they were in New York. And then they started plucking guys out of. Uh, you know, because they, they worked, you know, George Scott sent me up there and started plucking guys out, you know, because yeah. we wrestled. We, we weren't just, we weren't both sitting in a ring where we, we put fingers in the eyes and pulled hair and pulled tights. And I mean, it was believable because it was pretty damn real and, uh, 90% real. Holy Christ. I mean, we, we, uh, we made everybody believe it. And we believe it ourselves, and that's why it was so successful, that Mid-Atlantic Territory. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was, it was a great time in life. Um, you know, it's funny, um, The um, uh, Greg, you know, of course, went up to WWF and enjoyed a lot of success there. But, um, um, you know, seeing each other over the years and catching up, I mean, if you look at it, I, I, what, Greg, you're what, 65 or 66? Uh, I didn't really want to bring that out. But. <laughs> well, Conrad tried yeah. throwing me under the bus my age, so I'm 67. Are you? Are you younger than me? Right? Yeah. No, I know you're a you're a, you're six months older than me. I'm going to be uh, 67 next month, September the 20th. Well, we'll have to have a bar, we'll have to have and a your birthday's in. Your birthday's in February, right? February, Something? right, yeah. I'll be the biggest yeah. 68. Whew. Jeez, I remember so when we'll Angela Moss told me if I lived to be 30, I'd be overstaying my welcome. I was 24. Yeah. <laughs> but you're in good health, Rick. I'm in yeah. good health. And it must have been all that good good living we did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is, Greg, I, I'm, I looked at you the other day, and you don't look like you're hurting that bad. I see the guys. No. I mean, I mean, geez, you know, I, I, everybody from Ted DiBiase to, um, well, God name it, they've all got hip, a Bret Hart hip replacement, knee replacements. I mean, Hulk has got two hip replacements and knee replacement. Um, Teddy's got two knee replacements. Bret Hart's got two. Um, I'm trying to think of the guys of our era that are the same. No, well, actually, uh, Bret's is considerably younger than you and I, but I mean, a lot of the guys got banged up really bad. It just, it, it's the business, uh, you know, look at Mick Foley. I'll use him as an example. Poor Mick can hardly walk. Oh my God. Yeah, he can hardly walk. Look at the matches he had. Well, yeah. I, I'm so lucky, you know, the only thing I ever tore was a quad and that was a partial tear and that, that's fixed up five years ago. My knees are fine. My back's fine. Uh, knock on wood, you know, I can still wrestle. Yeah, well, that's we have to. Know I just, uh, I, you know, I, um, you know, I'm very blessed 
I'm healthy. Thank God, you know, because this is the best. These are the best years for me because I'm calmed down to where I can actually enjoy life and think about the past and and, and enjoy myself without having all these all this testosterone backed up inside me, you know. So yeah, I have to well, go you know, out and somebody up. <laughs> I, I'm actually experiencing the first time. It's very, very hard, and I I've told Conrad this privately, and I've said it to many people. It's so hard to unwind from this kind of a living and to be normal, you know, and I'm glad you found that piece. I finally have, but it took me 64 years to find it. And that was, well, you know, okay. But Rick, um, you enjoy getting out and doing the autograph things, right? Oh yeah. I love that. Of course. That, that, that keeps you, you know, I love doing that. I got another one this weekend and and, uh, in Chicago and I like, that, that, because that puts you out there, you meet all sure. these people, and we've got a lot of great fans, and it keeps you on the road, but you don't have to take bumps for it, but, you know, it keeps you going. you gotta, you got to keep moving. you got to keep getting out there. and, and, oh, I, and I totally uh, agree with that, that way, but I'm saying I don't miss yeah. not going to the bars every night. I mean, if you no. think about it, we went to a bar every night 365 days a year for 20 years. Am I, am I, at least I did. I'm pretty sure I can vouch for well, you. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I would, I would get up early in the morning, catch a flight and then go and then probably take a nap in the afternoon or I'd go to the gym and then I'd, I'd go, uh, wrestle and I'd go, I can't wait to get to the hotel and go to sleep, but it never happened. Of course. I, <laughs> Jesus. I'd be down in the bar and then I'd end up in somebody's hotel room and, and, um, and partying with the guys, and then we'd go to bed at four and get up at seven and catch another flight. You know, <laughs> oh, nobody gets. God, so I didn't sleep for twenty years, probably. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said when when you weren't answering the phone, as we were calling this morning, I said, "Man, we may not be able to reach him till one or two. <laughs> no, no, no. I got up at eight o'clock this morning. I got I got uh, your um, uh, fiance's text i just didn't text it back i was waiting and i went upstairs to get some coffee and i heard the phone ring and so i missed it but i've, I've been awake since eight i get up at eight i live i live on the beach and i go to bed at midnight you guys were both with wahoo a lot back in the day do you have any memories of uh traveling or working with yahoo that people might like to hear about oh my god we don't even know where to begin i'll just tell you one of my i was going to tell this story earlier Greg, we would do promos, of course, and we'd all be in the same room. <laughs> we were wrestling Jack Mulligan in Wahoo, and, and I did my thing, and Greg goes, what, what, what's that big fat Indian going to do? And that dumb cowboy. <laughs> Wahoo. But they would take it to heart. Huh? They would get mad. They would take it to heart. Oh, I know. We'd go. Greg go. That big fat Indian can't beat ever an athlete like me. Oh, Jesus. And man, Wahoo would come across that room. I thought it's going to punch Greg every time. Man, hasn't it happened to all of us where we were really excited about an event, got pumped up about it, couldn't wait to go, made plans with our friends, missed the on sale, kind of forgot about it. Life got in the way. What are we going to do? No need to stress, buying tickets has never been easier. 
It no longer has to be stressful. Thanks to our friends at Game Time. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. But what I like best about Game Time is they eliminate the risk and the worry. You see, oftentimes we wonder, am I getting the best deal on these tickets? Well, here's what they're doing at Game Time. They've got a Game Time guarantee. I absolutely love this because it's a best price guarantee. What that means is, and this is fantastic, listen up. If you find tickets in the same section and the same row for less money, Game Time will credit you, not just the difference, 110% of the difference. You guarantee to get the best price this way. Not only that, we've all looked at a seat map, like maybe you've seen the new Wembley seat map for All In 2, and you wonder, all right, if I'm sitting there, is that a good seat? There's no way to really know until Game Time. Game Time shows you what your view is gonna be like, so you know before you click the buy button, and you wanna talk about buying tickets, doesn't get any easier than this. Two taps and you're all set. They send the tickets right to your phone. You don't even have to dig around in your email. So what are you waiting for? Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code FLAIR for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code FLAIR for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Yeah, Mulligan ran after me one time with a big fist of his, and I threw I threw a table in front of him and ran out the door, and the George had to come out in the parking lot and talk me to come back in. I said, I'm not going to, Mulligan's going to beat me up. There ain't no way I'm going to fight somebody six foot nine, and he had the biggest fist I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, listen, and Jack Mulligan was double tough. Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my uh, God. Uh, but, yeah, Wahoo, uh, the matches, I remember the matches I have at Wahoo, and he would just beat the living shit out of me. And, and my, <laughs> my, uh, and Rick, and we, our chest would be bleeding. And then George Scott would come in and say, here, just pour rubbing alcohol on your chest. So we yeah, did that. Born. But, but, and Neil's born, but the rubbing alcohol turned uh, our chest into nothing but massive scar tissue. And so every time we got hit, it would break open again. And I still got scar tissue to this day from Wahoo beating me up. Oh, yeah. And, uh, well, well, not only did he beat you up with his hands, when it, I, I tell people this, Conrad, and people go, yeah, right. Well, Greg can, can validate it. What, when these Indian strap matches, which I had a ton of with him, as did Greg, he would throw you in the rope and he would, and throw you in the rope for you to come running off and he would hit you in the face as hard as he could. Not in the chest, in the face with that damn leather strap. <laughs> right, Greg? Yeah, oh, well, man. sometimes, so sometimes his chops would hit you in the face. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, I, I remember one time I, uh, I got, I finally started sticking up for myself and I, I nailed him as hard as I could between the eyes. And he just, he looked at me and his knees, knees buckled a little bit. And he came up to my wife at Bennigan's later on. He didn't look at me. He looked at my wife and goes, your husband's one hell of a man. But he, <laughs> he, he liked that I threw that potato right between his eyes, but yeah. So I learned how to, and, and I know Rick did too. We learned how to chop from him, so we started throwing chops back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jeez. yeah, but Wahoo is a, Wahoo is a not only a but he was the best. He had yeah. the uh, he had this hangnail on his 
thumb or one of those fingers that would tear your skin apart yeah. on that right hand of his. Oh, my well, God. Well, his right hand was like a catcher's mitt anyway, big, huge hands. And he used to beat, i tell you, the guy he used to beat to death was Greg's dad, Johnny Valentine. He would beat Johnny. He would hit him 20 times, and John would do that. And John would just fall for boom. He would fall down and roll his eyes behind his head there, you know, so just see the whites of his eyes. He'd hang his tongue out, like, and it was purple, and the people on the front row would think he was dying, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But he probably was almost dying, but he loved to get beat on. Yeah. Well, he was a great guy, um, and I just uh, learned a lot from him. I remember I've told this story, and people have heard me say it, but he, he he refused to let anybody throw him from rope to rope. He'd say, he'd look at me and say, "How can someone throw you or throw you across the ring?" I mean, if, if, in real life, right? How can someone throw you the ropes? But he was the only guy that got away with it. He wouldn't take. He wouldn't run across the ring to a turnbuckle. He wouldn't do anything. <laughs> so, he'd be hollering at me when I was just a kid learning Wahoo. He'd throw me around, beating me up, bouncing me around, boom. And John would go, nobody believes that. <laughs> I said, well, Wahoo does. <laughs> and I'm not telling him no. <laughs> Jesus. But John, well, there, that, that guy's not the truth. He yeah. would not let you whip him from rope to rope. I that did. You know, I was, tr- I was trying to do that. Yeah, I didn't want to hit the ropes. So what I do is I, uh, I just cut it in half. So a guy would throw, grab an arm, uh, grab a headlock on me. I'd throw him off and I would take, let him take the rope or I would do the rope and come off and hit him instead of doing the crisscross. Cause that yeah, was, exactly. that was pretty unlogical, but, uh, just throwing off the rope that, that one time is no big deal. And, yeah. and, and we were in a different era and my dad, was the only guy that could get away with uh, grabbing some guy in the arm and hang on to it for 20 minutes. You know? I know, I know. They would, they would tell us that we're lazy. Get up there. You got to move. You got to move. But we, we we found a happy medium, of course, yeah. and um, and we were very successful doing it. Well, listen, ma'am, we have kept you for a long time. I cannot thank you enough. How long have we been going? At least 40? No, yes, sir. We're, 40 minutes. We're, we're nearly an hour, and I know Rick wants to wrap not, it up, but I, I do want to ask an one hour, more question. An hour Broadway. All right, uh, almost ahead. an hour Broadway. Let's get us there with a question about the uh, Andersons. Rick and, and Greg, I think a lot of folks who are younger fans really just think of the Andersons as Arn Anderson. But back in the Mid-Atlantic days, man, uh, Gene and Ole were tearing it up. Can you guys share some of your favorite memories about the Anderson brothers back then? Well, they were a phenomenal team. Make no doubt about it. They had a a fairly unusual style too. I mean, they did bump around, but they were a wrestling team, and they they would they were the kind of guys that would grab a hold and they'd stay on, preferably an arm, and they'd stay on the guy's arm in the tag match, and and very similar to what uh, Greg's dad would do. Uh, but of course, they they bounced around for the guys that made the comeback. But they were probably as traditionally a good wrestling team as there was. I think Greg and I yeah. had, had equal as much, equally as much ability in wrestling, but we brought a lot more flash and glamour to it than, uh, than, and Anderson's were just playing, you know, always, I can remember always interview now. Hey, if you're a truck driver or, 
whatever you got going on, you don't think this is real, come on downtown. <laughs> if you mean you trick. Well, yeah. 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 Well, Rick, uh, when we, when they first tagged us together, uh, they were the world tag team champions and we finally beat them for the belts. But they, they would, uh, me and Rick would wrestle them like 50, uh, 50 minutes every night. I mean, it was a long, drawn out and they just beat the hell out of me and Rick and, but they gave us an education. They really, they really, we really learned from that experience how to, you know, how we were already tough, but we really became tough after that because working with those two guys. And, yeah, and, and they, Greg said, they, he said 50, not 15, 50 minutes. No, not fit. No, we were almost an hour every night. Yeah. And then I think when we did get the world belts, we did a couple hours with them. And oh, sure uh, then they got the belts back. And then I think Rick and myself were world tag team champions three different times. I know that for a fact. And uh, it was mainly against Ole and Gene, Steamboat and Youngblood, and probably Stars and Carnudo. And, and then you mentioned Orndorff and, and um, Jimmy. Who was the other guy? Jimmy, Jimmy Snooker. Yeah. And... Yeah, God. You know, for years, Ric Flair's been going on TV and talking about being custom made from head to toe. He'd brag about this tailor and that tailor, and and then he'd open up that jacket and say, "This is what's causing all this." Well, here's the deal: this time of year, bird dogs is what's causing all this. They're shorts and pants with a comfortable built-in liner. That's right, built-in underwear is the future of comfort, and the future is now with bird dogs. I surprised my dad with some of these. He could not believe how much he loved them. It sounded a little far-fetched for him. Wait a minute, son, built-in underwear. Now he's sold. Mom says she can't get dad to wear anything but bird dogs. They got khaki shorts. They got gym shorts. They got bathing suits. They got joggers. They got sweatpants. Bird dogs has everything you need. You see with bird dogs, it's all about fit, comfort, and versatility. I think that's what my dad likes. First of all, we want to be comfortable, right? And then we want to make sure it's the right fit. We check both of those boxes. But the versatility of bird dogs is just beyond compare. You're going to look and feel great wearing bird dogs. Their stretchy fabric will be more comfortable than all your other shorts or pants. And bird dogs give you the freedom to wear one pair of shorts and pants that are good for the golf course, meeting a date, hanging out with friends. Now that is versatility. Mom likes them because she says it makes dad look a little more slim and trim. You see, the, uh, the deal is if you've got a little extra gut, right? Like a lot of us do. Uh, well, here's the thing. Bird dogs are going to make you look better. Not only that, this is the time of year that I really associate with bird dogs. My dad's been rocking the shorts. He took mom on a little Saturday afternoon date. They came back to the house. He worked around the pool a little bit, went swimming, grilled up some burgers for the family. He wore the same shorts the whole time. Bird dogs is the real deal. And bird dogs is the website. That's what you got to do. Go to birddogs.com birddogs.com is where you go. You'll throw in the promo code flare and man, they're going to get you a free Yeti style tumbler with every order. It'll keep your drinks hot or cold this summer. That's a $40 value. By the way, visit birddogs.com. Use our promo code flare. They're going to hook you up with that free Yeti style tumbler. It's a $40 value and it's free for some of the best and most comfortable shorts and pants. How do you beat that? Check it out. B-I-R-D-D-O-G-S, birddogs.com. Use the promo code Flare, or just click the link in the show notes below. Seriously, type it in your browser. Take a look. You're going to find something you love. So why not get a $40 gift? That free Yeti-style tumbler, it's perfect this time of year. 
You're going to love it almost as much as you love the shorts and pants. It costs nothing to look. Go check it out. You're going to love it. I promise. Birddogs.com is that promo code flare. So we, we wrestled. We wrestled everybody, Mulligan and Wahoo and tag matches, Andre the Giant and Wahoo and tag team matches. And, and the world belts, tag team belts, was not a semifinal. It was the main event when wow. me and Rick were together. So, Yeah, it was. Well, we, we were in a good position, and we learned a lot. And, well, it you know, guys like Wahoo don't exist anymore. I mean, it, he was just – and he, he legitimately – I mean, he wanted to make money. But he legitimately wanted us to get better and learn our craft. And he was, I thought Wahoo was a tremendous teacher as well. He did a lot. Yeah, for God me. bless Wahoo and, 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 uh, God, all those guys back then. It was, it was just great. Yep. It was a great time of life. You got any more questions there, C-Man? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'd like to get one more plug in there for uh, Paul Jones and Jay Youngblood. I think they were kind of uh, unsung heroes of the Mid-Atlantic era that maybe younger fans aren't familiar with. I don't know you guys had some feuds with them when you were tag teaming with and against each other. Uh, can you guys tell us any stories about uh, Paul Jones or Jay Youngblood? Well, I actually, I only wrestled Paul a lot in single matches. I did wrestle Paul with Steamboat when Paul was tanked against with teamed up with Rashke. Right. Do you remember that? Uh, and we did really well with that when it, you know, when I turned and went with Steamboat against Jones and Rashke. We did great with him, but um, I know that Greg and I loved working with Steamboat and Youngblood. God, they were a hell of a team. Yeah, that's who I remember more. Right up our alley. Yeah. But I remember Paul Jones. I did a lot of singles with Paul Jones because I had the U.S. and the Mid-Atlantic belt. I just saw Paul Jones a couple of weeks ago in Charlotte, and they gave him some kind of reward. But he all he could talk about was the matches he had with Johnny Valentine yeah. and how Johnny would just beat the shit out of him. Yeah, he did. And, yeah. and But Paul would Paul would have had a pretty stiff punch himself. And, and, you know, they worked. I think Paul Jones probably worked with Johnny Valentine more then he worked with me and Rick and Tag or anything like that. Rick is right. There's mainly Youngblood and Steamboat and the Andersons and Snooker and Orndoff and uh, I'm leaving out somebody else that Piper and maybe, you know, no, not Piper. But, um, yeah. Uh, we, well, we, we, we wrestled Piper and Tag matches as well. Um, and uh, yeah, probably was, we just true. talked about, you know, we lost to Hot Rod last year, but Roddy was a big part of both mine and Greg's life. So, once again, Roddy, it'll never be forgotten, man. Yeah, and I, I, I know you made the funeral, and I, I didn't make it. I can't remember why I didn't make it, but good God, you know, I was there in spirit, and I had just seen Roddy in Detroit a month before that, and then two weeks before that, that he passed away, uh, I did his podcast, and, uh, you know, and then, then I went to Charlotte, did the fans us there, and they told me, Piper just passed away, and I went upstairs and threw up all the rest of the day. So it was just like, it yeah. was terrible. It was hard for yeah. all of us, man. He was a great guy, but there, but and part of, but part of a, a big part of the seventies. And, and 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 Dusty passed away too, you know, yeah. right after that. So. Yep. No, Dusty Good passed away guy. a month before. A month before. Oh, did, is that all that happened? Okay, because yeah. that, that, that was he, that was. You knew, Jack Mulligan passed away, what, three months ago? That was devastating. Yeah, that was, yeah. Uh, 
I heard that too. That was devastating. Yeah. And um, well, he'd been sick for so long. Uh, he he and he's a but I know that. Now. I saw him uh, in Orlando for that WrestleMania where they were, all your ex partners came out and yeah. saw you on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, and I came out and said that. So he was in the audience and uh, he saw me and he started crying. And uh, God bless him, you know, he started crying because he was just thinking about all the memories and he used to live two yeah. doors down from you and he, he brought up all that and uh, oh my God, you know, a lot of good, a lot of good memories are always special time and special people. Thank you so much for the opportunity to catch up and listen in and be on the fly on the wall today, Mr. Valentine. We appreciate you taking time out of your morning and uh, talking to us a little bit here on the show today. Greg, stay yeah. in touch, man. Yeah, we'll see you down the road, Rick, and thank you guys so much for having thank, me on. I thank really you. enjoyed it. You, okay, you were now. a great guest. Thank you so much, Greg. Thank you, sir. You bet. All right. You, bye-bye. Fight Plus is the ultimate digital platform for live sports and entertainment, and they're now offering a free seven-day trial at TryFight.com. Fight Plus is packed with a premium live event schedule, over a thousand hours of live action every year, and a library of more than 4,000 hours on demand plus exclusive content you can't get anywhere else. Fight is a great partner of ours. They support us, so let's support them. Give that free seven-day trial a shot, and you'll be a member for life. That's tryfight.com. T-R-Y-F-I-T-E dot com. Woo! Woo! Wings, now open for delivery from Uber Eats and Postmates in these fine cities. Delicious anytime, and the perfect meal tonight while you're watching wrestling. Woo! Wings! Legendary flavors, world championship wings. Woo! For a full list of locations, visit Ric Flair Wings. Woo!.com. Join in right in the action. Ric Flair Woo Wings. Amazing. Somebody read me some more. More Woo Wings. Woo! Hey guys, need to call a quick time out here. Wanted to tell your listeners what I've been telling my listeners over at OU didn't know for a while now about all the cool things happening over at adsfreeshows.com. An all new edition of The Insiders is here as Conrad welcomes David Zaudi, the man behind so many iconic video packages WWF fans grew up on, including one that left Vince in tears. You got it. And Conrad, I swear. I walked outside the studio, and Vince was sitting down on the concrete floor, crying hysterically, just saying, thank you, thank wow. you, thank you. I went up to the whole cabin, he says, good job, can't wait to see it. Fifteen minutes later in the stairwell, Vince is still sitting down in a different spot now, crying, saying, thank you, thank you. Special guest host Raven sat in for Jake the Snake Roberts on the Snake Pit, looking back 25 years on his rivalry with DDP and an interesting new member of the flock. Jimmy Hart comes up to me one day and goes, hey, Hulk, Hulk would like a favor. I go, what is it? He goes, he'd like you to put Horace in the flock. I'm like, sure. What am I going to say no? But it was it became a running gag like like uh, Jericho and Conan. We used to, three of us used to hang out together and call ourselves the triumvirate of useless information. And so they were like, you know, wait, did you put Horace Hogan in the flock because he's Hog- Hogan's nephew? I'm like, what? He's Hogan's nephew? I had no idea. <laughs> That's just a small taste of what we got waiting for you. 
with four levels to choose from. See for yourself why Ads Free Shows is the best value in wrestling today. Sign up now at adsfreeshows.com.